Well, good morning, church. How are you doing? You good? Good, good. Did you like that bumper? That was a good bumper. It comes, some of that artwork comes from the biggest storybook, Children's Bible. It's a great one, the poem written by our very own Bethany Catlin. She would never want me to share that, so I did with y'all. It was, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, this is a fun season in the life of the church. It's after Labor Day, summer's done. Anybody else busy? Anybody busy in life? Good. Okay, we got a lot going on here at the church that you can get involved in because I didn't see many hands saying you're busy. So we got plenty of things going on here at Northside now that we are in uh, the school year season because so much of our life does run according to the school year calendar, right? Especially if you have children in around your house. And I was thinking about how children impact different seasons of life and seasons of the church um, because when children are around, there's always something new that is happening. Some of you might know that I have two children in my house, a four-year-old Carson, a two-year-old daughter, Charlotte. And the four-year-old Carson, he is at that magical age where he just has so many questions, right? And so uh, recently, Carson told me that I know everything. And I'm just enjoying that moment while it lasts, um, but it's pretty great at the time. Uh, as a counterpoint to that though, recently he asked me one of those questions. It was a theological question. And uh, I mean, I've done a lot of study and I know that this is one of those unanswerable theological questions. And this happens pretty regularly with him. He asks uh, theological questions. You've got to give him some grace. He's a preacher's kid, bless his heart. Uh, but he asked an unanswerable question. And I thought I was doing the responsible thing as a parent and telling him, well, you know, we actually can't answer that question, but it's a great question for us to ask. And he was quiet for a little while. And then he said, Okay, thanks, Dad. I think I'll just go and ask one of the people at church that knows more about God than you. <laughs> one of those people on the stage. Okay, thanks. Thanks, son. Children love asking questions, and I think adults love asking questions too, uh, but children are not afraid to ask or not know the answer to something. And as I read scripture, it seems that Jesus really appreciates this curiosity, this genuine nature that we see in children. And our scripture lesson for the day helps us, uh, it actually asks one of those questions we all wonder about without actually asking it. The question is, how do we experience heaven? The passage comes from Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. I wanted to read a different translation for us as well this morning. That was the NIV, but I also brought with me Jesus Calling, my first Bible story book. This one's called Jesus Loves Children. Some people brought their children to see Jesus, 
But his friends started to send them away. Jesus doesn't have time for children, they said. And Jesus stopped them. Let the children come to me, he said. Heaven belongs to people like these little children. Now, I wanted to read from the children's Bible as well, first, because it felt appropriate for the day, but secondly, because oftentimes when you look at a children's Bible version of a story, it sounds a little bit different. It might sound abridged or shortened uh, for children, but not so with this passage. Because this passage, this encounter that Jesus has in three succinct verses can explain to us the full character of how we are supposed to act like Christians. We're supposed to have qualities like a child. Three that I want to lift up this morning is that we are supposed to be curious, we are supposed to be genuine, and we are supposed to be dependent on God. Now, I love being a pastor here at Northside because we have a clear value for children. And I hope that you experience that and feel that and see that when you come in to worship here. It's why we have these blue carpets and the red carpets, but the kids only sit on the blue carpets apparently, right, Reverend Sarah? We want kids to see their parents in worship, enjoying worship, getting something out of worship. We want the kids to feel comfortable in this space We want them to feel like they can wiggle and squirm and color and move around, make a little bit of noise. You're okay if that is your kid right now. That's fine. We like it. We want children to see worship as an important thing in their family's lives, in their community life. We want them to look at the people that they love the most and see that faith is important to them. Because we as followers of Jesus, are called to follow Jesus the way we want the next generation to follow Jesus. Now, I saw another article in uh, the social media feed this past week about how church attendance is declining in the next generation. And this isn't a unique article or anything. It's not a new phenomenon. But if we want the future generations to follow Jesus, then we need to lead by example. If we want the future generations, both in our family and in the community, in the nation, in the world, to know the love of Jesus, we have to follow closely to Jesus as well. Because we're all asking that question, how do we experience heaven? But it's not just about how we as individuals experience heaven, but how our community around us can experience heaven here and now. And to do that, I think we need to come with, to Jesus with curiosity, a genuine heart, and dependence on God. Children are curious. Now, as adults, we've learned so much by the time we've become adults, and we're supposed to know even more than that, right? And maybe sometimes we fake it a little bit and pretend like we know even more than we do because it seems that society prefers strength and certainty, and so we fail to be truly curious in our life. Uh, But children are learning so much about the world around us. It provides uh, them with the ability to see things 
in a different way than adults oftentimes do. One time I was driving down the road and Carson speaks up from the car seat in the back and he just says, Dad, Jesus must be really small. What, what do you mean by that, son? He said, well, I'm never running into Jesus. Well, I was still a little bit puzzled. I said, well, why do you mention that? And he said, well, if Jesus is always with me, but I am never running into him, then Jesus must be really small. The logic, the logic holds up. But when was the last time you were truly curious like that? It's a quality that children have all the time. They're willing to test out boundaries. They explore new areas. They ask questions. Being curious is natural to a child. But sometimes we think we can't be truly curious when it comes to our faith. That's not the way I see Jesus interacting with people. I see Jesus answering question after question with the patience of a teacher or parent or grandparent that is doing it just right. Now, one thing that you will learn from having a kid that has so many questions is that sometimes questions take a lot of time. That curiosity requires patience. So if you translate this to our faith, it means we have to have time and patience for the hard questions. Questions like, what's the wise thing or the right thing to do? Or where was God when that happened? Or why do bad things happen to good people? It takes time and patience to wrestle with these. And I get it. I mean, who has that kind of time? There are so many real pressures in our life. And I don't know a parent out there that doesn't squash questions from a child sometime, right? Because eventually you got to get your kid dressed. You got to get them to school. You don't have time to see how high someone can jump. You don't have time to debate which superhero is the strongest. Real life examples from this past week. Eventually, you have to move on. And in our faith, we have pressures of work. We have stresses of our schedule that stress us so that we don't have time to ask these questions of our faith. I get it. But if we are going to have faith like a child, it's going to require curiosity. If we're going to lead the next generation to Jesus, then we need to come to Jesus with our questions. We need to spend the time that is really required. Children are curious. Children are also very genuine. Now, each night before bed, one of the things we do as a family is we say our bedtime prayers. And Carson will oftentimes thank God for something, ask God something. And over the years, throughout his development, I've written down some of my favorite bedtime prayers. I'll share with you a short list of them. Here's one. Dear God, thank you for food. Thank you for food. 
Bless us to jump high in the sky. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear God, thank you for A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and so on. Can you tell we were learning the alphabet during that season? Dear God, help Santa to come back on the 4th of July. <laughs> Dear God, thank you for bread, for pasta, and for bread. Amen. Dig in. Yes, that was a bedtime prayer. We lose a little bit of this genuine nature as we get older. Now, some people more than others, but no one is as genuine and sincere as a child. As we grow, we seem, we tend to look at people as what, for what we can get out of them or see the world through transactional relationships. But what would it look like if that's not how you approached your faith? What if we weren't trying to prove ourselves before God? What questions or prayers would you have? If we're going to come to Jesus with faith like a child, then we have to come without trying to prove ourselves. We have to come because children don't know how to be anyone other than himself or herself. Following Jesus with a genuine heart means you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be yourself. No one makes more mistakes than a child, but they aren't worried about failing. And maybe that's where you could be as we approach a new school year. What might you try in this new season? What might you do differently in your faith if you weren't worried about failing or making a mistake? When I think about a genuine faith, one of the things that comes to mind is our children's choir. Now I can look out uh, this morning and I can see a lot of parents who have their children in children's choir and it's a blast. It's one of those ministries in the church where on Wednesday night there are so many kids running around here. It's a growing ministry. It's a lot of fun. They'll be singing at the 1115 service, the oldest children. And the thing that I love most about our children's choir is you can see their genuine heart when they sing. And I think all adults love looking at the children's faces and wish themselves that they could sing with such boldness, such pride, such a big smile on their face. And I will let you in on the secret. You too can sing just like the children. You too can sing when the band is playing on Sunday morning with your whole heart, with a genuine spirit, truly connecting with God. Maybe that is what it means to have faith like a child. Children are curious and they are genuine, but they are also very dependent. My daughter, uh, Charlotte, is two years old and will read bedtime stories in the big armchair in her room. And we were playing in her room not too long ago and I went to fold the laundry and I came back in and she had lined up four stuffed animals in her chair, grabbed the Bible off her shelf and was reading to her stuffed animals, the Bible stories. So sweet, so sweet. But children have this instinct 
knowledge of what it means to be taken care of and how to take care of someone else. Children are dependent on their parents and can model that for their stuffed animals. In the same way, we are all fully dependent on God. And we're called to follow Jesus knowing that ultimately we are not in control. That's what faith like a child requires. It means trusting God with every aspect of your life. It means we're here to follow wherever we are called because that, that is how we experience the kingdom of heaven, that thing that we all desire. Now, one of the things that I find very interesting about this passage where Jesus says, you're supposed to have faith like a child if you want to experience uh, the kingdom of heaven is what immediately follows. Because immediately after Jesus says this, uh, a rich young man comes up to Jesus and says, teacher, what good thing must I do to experience eternal life? Jesus, ever the patient teacher, does not say, I just told you. I just told you. That's what I would have done as a parent. Jesus, calmly, I imagine, says, keep the commandments. Which ones? He asks. Jesus tells him the Ten Commandments. I've kept all of those, he says. And so Jesus Drops the big one. You must sell all of your possessions if you want treasure in heaven. The man went away sad because he had great wealth. It's a story of being dependent on God. And I want you to use your imagination like a child and imagine a different ending to this story. What if this man who is now infamous had responded differently. How could he be remembered if he had been fully dependent, if he had put his full trust in Jesus? And I want you to stretch that imagination just a little bit further to your own life. What could change in your life? What if you were really curious What if you brought your full self before Jesus? What if you were really dependent and trusted in Christ? Do you think you could get a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven? Jesus calls us to have this faith like a child. Indeed, it's the faith that we want for the children in our life and in our church. But if we want them to follow Jesus, then we need to model what that looks like. And we look to the children for those traits of curiosity, a genuine spirit, and dependence on God. We have to follow Jesus the way we hope the children will. Then we will see the kingdom of heaven show up in our life, in our church, and in our community. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for the example of children. We thank you uh, for the ways that you have blessed this church 
And God, I pray for those who have shown up to worship this morning, uh, that you would speak in their heart, help their heart to soften, to follow you a little bit more closely so that the rest of the world might realize what it looks like to have full faith and trust in you. We pray all this in the name of Christ. Amen.